It's been an interesting week for me personally on the job front. I've handed in my notice and signed a new contract for a position at the FT. But don't worry, the podcast will continue in my absence and we'll be revealing who will be taking over in the hot seat in the coming weeks. But for now, this is LJ and you're listening to Careers Talk. We are very lucky to have two guests with us this week, games tutor Simon Fenton from Escape Studios and Tom Bashkaya, love his name, who has just finished work on Oscar-nominated Avatar. We'll be talking to them both about working in the fast-moving world of computer graphics. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not in Kansas anymore. You are on Pandora. You should see your faces. Julian Lindley is going to talk about work experience, something which sometimes works and, quite frankly, sometimes doesn't. Remember that they're really young and really scared. It's as simple as just be nice to them and you'll probably get nice back. But first, Kerry's going to tell us about a Q&A. Hi Kerry, what have you chosen this week? Hi LJ, this week I've chosen the Q&A on changing career into law and medicine. Mm, interesting. Uh, yeah, the reason we picked it is we thought for, you know, if you're just starting out in your career, college, graduate level, that you'd know how to get into these professions, but maybe people later in life or a few years into their career that change their minds might not. And I think that you can change career quite late, can't you, to go into medicine? I was quite interested in becoming a GP. <laughs> yeah, and you did look into it. Yeah, well, somebody come and asked and said, I don't see how it's even viable changing careers into medicine. But our experts said it is possible. There are routes, but it's not going to be easy. So at 40, I could feasibly become a GP. You could feasibly become a a GP but you need to expect if you've already got a degree you're going to have to do a four-year graduate sort of access to medicine course for graduates if you haven't got a degree you're going to have to do a five-year medicine degree after that you've got two years foundation course sort of post-grad that all medical graduates have to do and then following that you've got to specialise so if you wanted to be a GP you'd spend three years specialising but for paediatrics you can expect to be studying for a further eight years oh full time. So by the time I was 60 I might be qualified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and retire shortly after. Yeah. Five years work that sounds fine. Yeah I mean you know it isn't easy that was one of the the big points made you, you need to think about if you're ready for the intellectual challenges the demanding periods of study and how you are going to fit your life around that but if you want to do it it's possible. I have to say I've never thought about doing medicine up until this point. I say Dr Filatrani's got quite a nice ring I think the it. ring is good and I also watch Casualty. <laughs> Essential in fact I think that might be that's one of the pre- tips actually yeah, if you don't watch Casualty you're out. you've got very little yep. chance of getting in. So what about the law part of it? Okay, the law side, you've got more options. There are different routes in. We had a post from somebody who was in their 50s, had been getting more involved in their local authority and had developed an interest in law. They didn't have the primary law degree and wanted to know how they could become a lawyer. And they wanted to get involved in community action eventually with a long-term view. So you can either do a law degree, Bachelor of Law, LLB, and then you go on you can go on and do the legal practice course and then you have to secure a training contract within a law firm to get the work experience, so many years work experience you have to accrue. Or you can do, if you have got a degree already which isn't law, you can do the graduate diploma in law it's a conversion course and then you could go on and do the LPC the legal practice course and then the training contract within a law firm 
But I thought a more viable option for career changes would be the Institute of Legal Executives, ILEX, they call themselves. Mm-hmm. With them, I think you just have to have five GCSEs minimum and you can they train people from all different backgrounds and ages. And it's work-based learning, so you'd be placed in a law firm or I think you have to find work within a law firm and you'd be doing part-time study so you do four years part-time study and alongside that five years work experience and you can qualify as a lawyer that way but if you want to be a solicitor you need to do the LPC right interesting yeah really good discussion I think it was yeah it it was good it is you know they were saying especially in law there's lots of transferable skills that will stand out to legal employers that people who haven't started out in law have got so things like communication I mean you're you're giving guidance you're conveying information really important leadership really important you might be managing a team and that's what's going to make you stand out from the graduates who haven't got any work experience mm. that's excellent and you will put all the best bits into a nice feature for us yes you? best of coming soon excellent thanks very much Kerry now If you have ever had an intern in your department or if you're going to be an intern in someone else's department, pay attention to Julian Lindley's tip of the week. My tip of the week is brief your interns clearly. Give them a really clear brief so that you both know what you're getting out of the experience. Number two, learn from your intern because the chances are they are going to be much closer to the experience of the people that you're trying to reach or communicate with if you're in that industry or your customers if that's the industry you're in they are a consumer they're like raw research and you should learn from them my third tip would be remember that they're really young and really scared so i mean it's as simple as just be nice to them and you'll probably get nice back So uh, as a work experience person yourself, an intern, here's some do's and don'ts. First of all, keep your eyes and ears open the entire time and learn. Number two is identify uh, the person in the office that you can learn the most from. Talk to them, find out how they got into the industry. My third do would be to enter into the experience with a huge amount of positivity and a good energy I'm going to get something out of this and I'm going to you know really learn quite often people will come into doing work experience or an internship with an arrogance actually that I know masks uh, their intimidation probably but it's not a great thing to bring into workplace at any time in your career and certainly not as an intern. That was creative director at Bauer Julian Lindley giving some good advice Advice that I may well follow the next time I have an intern. Those savages are threatening our whole operation. We're on the brink of war, and you're supposed to be finding a diplomatic solution. That was a clip from the enormous success and Oscar-nominated film Avatar. And joining me in the studio now are Simon Fenton from Escape Studios and Tom Bashkaya, love that name, from Framestore, one of the largest visual effects and computer animation studios in Europe. Simon started life as a fine artist, moving into computer graphics during his final years at university. After spending more than 10 years working in the industry, including a long spell at Sony's London studio in senior positions, he now passes on his knowledge as a tutor at the fabulous Escape Studios in London's Shepherd's Bush. Tom works as a compositor, a job which I'll leave him to explain. He started his career as a graphic designer and illustrator before switching direction via a course at Escape. Welcome both of you. Hello. Hello. Thanks for coming in today. So uh, we want to talk about really careers in graphics, computer Uh graphics and uh, animation. And uh, I think perhaps 
first of all, it'd be interesting for our listeners to hear both of what you do, what your jobs are. So can you explain what you do kind of day to day? Tom? Well, as a compositor, um, the work we do is fairly near the end of the pipeline, so to speak. So uh, we basically take all the various elements that go into a, um, an effects shot in a film and put them together in a way that they look like they've been shot through the same lens at the same time. Um, so that might include combining computer-generated imagery with live-action footage, for example. Could you give us a specific example so we can kind of visualise that? Okay, so for example, the, the work on Avatar was very heavily CG-orientated. Um, quite often the only real thing in the shot uh, would be the, the character in the extreme foreground. So we would be combining all kinds of digitally generated uh, artwork and uh, animation with the, with and the green screen footage. applying it. Exactly. So you actually would get, the footage that you would get would be the actors acting exactly. and the background would be blank. It would be a green screen, so they'd be shot in a green screen studio, uh, which would allow us to basically extract them and combine them with the computer-generated imagery. And so you would add all the graphics and exactly, effects and everything yeah. and then put them back in it, as it and were. And hopefully make, make it look photo with real. With perspective and everything. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. And Simon, tell us about what you do now. Uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm teaching. Um, so I have a class of 12 people um, from very different backgrounds. Some have worked in artistic professions or some are maybe just a hairdresser who decided to maybe go into computer graphics and so I'll be teaching those people either on a six week or 12 week course. I also design and run the games course that we do and um, also uh, work on development of courses whilst I'm there as well. You started in fine art didn't That's you right. at I uni? And yeah I studied fine art at uh, Norwich School of Art and Design. While I was there I did painting and printmaking. Uh, then I went on to do an MA at Brighton and kind of whilst I was at MA I started looking at um, computers for the first time and just started to kind of understand that they could be really interesting to use um, as artwork and I was kind of getting really into, into the whole idea of doing some artwork in it but these were quite primitive computers at the time um, and not much training available and I kind of found myself getting into computers by accident almost. I got a job as a runner of a post-production company and that was my first real introduction into computer graphics and uh, really uh, using Alias and Softimage and stuff like that. And you did graphic design, is that right, Tom? That's right, yep. I studied graphic design at what was the London College of Printing at the time. I think it's now the London College of Communication. And I specialised in illustration. I did some freelance illustration work after graduating. I think if I'm, if I'm completely honest, I became slightly disillusioned doing something which I'd previously always done for pleasure, painting and drawing, and trying to apply that to, to a commercial yeah. uh, entity. So... Uh, and it's very difficult to, to find freelance um, illustration work and balance that with you know, having to sort of pay the bills at the same time. So what gave you the idea about looking at computer graphics? I think it's something that's always interested me. And also I had uh, a couple of friends who were working in the in industry already. You know, they were working on some fantastic projects. So just um, through, through conversations with people in the industry, that uh, really sort of fired my interest. Simon, tell us a little bit about Escape, because I mean, I don't want this to be a sort of promotion for Escape, no. Cause, <laughs> no. but it is a fantastic place. I mean, you know, I came down it to is. interview yeah. you guys and, you know, the atmosphere is great and everyone I met, I thought were, were yeah. lovely. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about the kinds of things that you do and, uh -huh. you know, the atmosphere and, you know, how it came sure. about a little bit. It's a really dynamic place to come in terms of, you know, you've got 11 other people you've never been with before in a class. You've got someone like me who's so 
good at teaching. <laughs> um, and uh, you've got all this um, really good uh, access to very experienced people. And you've got the opportunity for the 12 weeks you're there to ask any, any questions that you want. You get pushed and you're being given the most up-to-date training that's relevant for the industry, which is the most important thing. You know, kind of comments we've had before are, I've learned more in one week than I did at three years at uni. You know, and that's kind of quite gratifying to know. It was an intense learning experience for me, um, partly because I'm, to some extent, a bit of a technophobe. So, are you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not so bad as I, I was, but... Um, God! <laughs> yeah, so I, I find it's it into very into the fire! <laughs> it, was. It, was, it was a very um, steep learning curve, yeah. but... You know, I couldn't have really been in a better place to, to do it. And so what other, what other packages? Um, so, for example, if you come onto the games course, there's uh, Maya, which is a um, high-end 3D application that will allow you to model characters and environments, um, animate characters or um, render them if you're working in film or TV. Um, you've got dynamic simulations, so you can have things blowing up, exploding, that kind of stuff. Just those few things within one package, there's, it's an extraordinarily uh, large amount of depth, if that makes sense. Not only that, you've got to learn uh, kind of the artistic application. So it's not just about pushing buttons, it's about the treatment, your eye, how you perceive things, when just even if you're modelling even the simplest of objects. Then you've got Photoshop for texturing, which a lot of people think they know how to use, but when they try and apply that to... Uh, 3D work, suddenly they realise actually there's a hell of a lot of work yeah. involved. Um, I, I, again, on the 3D course, we use a package called ZBrush, which is a digital sculpting package, plus the game engine, which we use a thing called Unreal Engine. Just those packages are all equally deep with you know a, a kind of interesting mix of artistic and technical requirements that you, you have to learn. How long does it take to master a programme like that? I mean, how long do the courses last, but do you have to um, continue to learn and apply them afterwards that's a really good question um i'm still learning photoshop and i've been using it for <laughs> you know over 10 years and i'm learning new things every day which is probably why i'm so attracted to staying in this industry that you're continually learning there's always a new technique you never stop learning i think in this industry because there's always new challenges to be met although that can be quite draining sometimes yes. as well because you feel like you've got a, you know nothing <laughs> yeah well the thing is it's just there's you know, it's, it's never stopping. It's a relentless march of progress and you've just got to keep up. Yeah, it's like life. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> With what you do, how much creative control have you got in what you're, what you're doing? I mean, how much direction do really, you get? It varies a lot. You know, obviously you have to work to a brief. Um, essentially, you're trying to achieve the, the director's vision. Uh, so, for example, with someone like James Cameron on Avatar, he's got a very strong idea of what he wants to achieve because he's been working on the film for 10 years. But within that, there is room for expression. So, for example, you, you might be asked to do uh, some look development work. You'll be given a series of shots at a very early stage before anything's really been locked down. Right. And the supervisor might say, you know, just, just, just show me some things, show me some ideas. Uh, so then you get to be a bit more creative. Other times, it's, you know, it's very firm what you prescribed, have to, yeah, prescribed, yeah. exactly. What I like about compositing is it's using skills that I've been learning probably you know for as long as I can remember painting and drawing um, but having a practical application for mm. those so um, you know to, to be a good compositor you need to be artistic and technical yeah and you need to be able to observe the way light works essentially and what makes things look real so let's talk a bit about your work both of okay. you and things that you've been <laughs> proud of and things that you haven't been proud of anything that springs to mind um shall I go first you go first um, Simon well the one project probably would be a game I worked on called Kinetic, 
for a couple of reasons. One, it was non-violent. Um, it was a, a health game, a fitness game. But there was something also about the team, and that's really important. If you work on a, a team where everything kind of clicks, and I was probably the biggest ego on the team, so that wasn't a good <laughs> I can't one. believe that, no, Simon. No. Um, <laughs> but, you know, no one had egos. There were no real conflicts, and everyone worked really well together. And that's a, that's a really nice kind of marriage between dealing with the challenges of the job but also having a nice bunch of people to work with and on a product that's actually doing some good. Okay, and Tom? I think for me, Avatar is one that's going to stay with me for a long time. Yeah, obviously. Uh, <laughs> it was it was an all-consuming project. Tell um, us a bit about it. It was very challenging, I think, um, largely because of the amount of um, computer-generated imagery going into the shots. Um, for example, normally over the course of a film which ran, say, for five months, a compositor might get through 10 shots. Uh, on Avatar, uh, it was more like three or four because they were so uh, detailed, there was so much going into them. So that was that was a real learning experience. What sequence was it? Can you describe? Um, so it was the sequence where the um, characters were escaping from Hell's Gate at night uh, and being shot at, basically, by the general. And can you actually identify your bits of work in each of these shots? Oh, absolutely. Can yeah. you? Yeah. Can you? So... As a compositor, I mean, well, any sort of visual effects artist really has to take ownership over their work. You, bec- you become very familiar with any shot once you've been working on it for you know several months, things like that. Uh, do you hide little symbols in the shots? It has been done. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never done it myself. <laughs> Haven't you? Have you, Simon? I've never done it myself because I don't want to get the sack. Okay. Yeah, or have you done it but you don't want to say? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. But I know people who have and so, they've got in real trouble. Yeah, what kind of things do they do? Like hide video numbers game. or something? Well, video games are rife with that. So you might get a situation, a game I worked on, and the people will, shall remain nameless. Okay. But, um, <laughs> not around when, this table. Yeah, not around this table. <laughs> but um, when, you, when you're playing a game, you have to put collision around everything. Otherwise, you can walk through the walls. And what they did was uh, put a area of collision that was slightly lower than normal so it meant you could actually if you jumped high ah, enough you, you could knew. jump through the wall <laughs> and then they put a secret room in there with oh, i love that idea <laughs> non-complimentary things oh yeah um and uh, a lot of people put i mean they used to be called easter eggs that term's now been adopted for everything that has an easter egg and right. it's almost like a bonus thing but i've never done that i'm too professional right too right. scared right yeah can we talk a little bit about you tra- the transition from you know actually doing it to being a teacher and how did you find that and um, yeah um, I didn't ever intend to be a teacher I'm quite shy as a person you know even when I had my work up on walls at private views I just couldn't bear it you know and just walk away <laughs> can't um, so I'm quite a shy person so it's an odd thing to stand in front of a room with twelve yeah, people and very and chat. exposed it's odd um, yeah. but I found it immediately rewarding challenging in as much as organization of timing was the biggest thing for me when to take breaks make sure I wasn't waffling getting to the point and do you have a lot of girls <laughs> uh, sorry yeah um I mean to teach yes um yes <laughs> I mean in your private life yes we do we do on certainly on the VFX courses and on the video games course there's been a few which is good it's always nice having yeah having a room full of blokes is okay but it does change the dynamic a bit when you do have women in the class as well which is much yeah I just wanted to add because I saw a stat recently on Twitter that it was just 9% of people who work in games is women so that's quite low isn't it if you think about video games where where it's come from um I'm kind of not surprised you know because I don't want to generalize I could really get myself in trouble here it's it's all recorded Uh said they played but nine percent work yeah Um, I mean the thing is that it's it's a great industry to work in maybe girls women don't feel that it's an industry they necessarily relate to or want to work in Um, I don't think there's any kind of 
negative discrimination at all in the industry. I just think that, generally speaking, women don't think there's an industry they want to go into so much. I think that's changing, maybe in the marketing and producing departments of games. But, you know, my first boss, or rather my lead, was a girl. And it was, I, I prefer working with girls, to be honest. And I'd like more girls to work in the industry. There, I said it. I mean, actually, in, in VFX for film, uh, it's a lot more than 9%. And there are more men than women. But mm. it's... Um, I think it's becoming more balanced, actually. In the last five years, I've seen a, a change. So let's talk about people wanting to move into the industry mm. and what kind of things they should be doing. You know, perhaps if we think about it for people that are, are going in it from university and also uh-huh. from people maybe career changing, sure. you know, what kind of things should they be doing? I feel, in some regards, slightly sorry for people entering the industry now compared to when I started. The standard is so high now. Really, I mean, it's going to require a lot of dedication. The level of hard work and the amount of hours you have to do is a really exciting industry to be in, but, you know, it's not nine to five. It's all-consuming when there are deadlines to be met and hours can be very long. Um, I think you have to be very determined, very focused, and I think um, if you are considering uh, a job in the industry, then you need to speak to as many people as possible who are already working in the industry and, and research it and research it. Make, make that decision that, you know, you're not doing this for money. Yep. You're doing it for it's, it's for the love, love of it, you, you know. And at some point, maybe, money will be a factor, but certainly you're not going to be making big, big bucks. It's also important to be able to work in a, in a team. You can't work as an individual. You know, you might have this preconceived idea of how an artist works. Uh, it's very much a team, yep. team effort. I think for people going into the industry now, they just really need to just make sure that they understand what they're getting into and the reasons why they're doing it. And it is glamorous, but it's hard work. It's never good enough. I mean, as long as your boss says it's OK, you've done a good job, but you're always going to have to improve and get better and better, which, you know, is an exciting prospect, I guess. But, you know, just... Just be prepared for it. Yeah, yeah leave your ego at the door and understand that there's always someone better than you that you can learn from. Thank you both very much. Thank it's you. been really Thanks interesting. And um, yeah, I wish you all, all the success with Avatar. Thank Thanks you. very much. Thank you. Outstanding. There's so much in the detail, isn't there? Because there's so many nuances. I which thought it was are, unbelievable. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I'm really attracted to the blue lady cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really attracted relate, to the, the man. Yeah. 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 Great bottom. Yeah, my son <laughs> said that Avatar is the best film he's ever seen. Oh. Really? <laughs> Send us a message that they can take whatever they want. But we will send them a message that this, this is our land. And now for the Jobs Top 10, brought to you by Kerry and Glenn, Glenn Palsy. But before we hear what's hot and what's not, let's say hello to Glenn. Hi, Glenn. Hi, LJ. Thanks for joining us. That's fine. So tell us all, or tell the listeners, because I know obviously what you've been doing. You've been with us for a couple of weeks now. What have you been doing? Uh, I've been working with Kerry on the Careers Forum, uh, helping to organise and moderate the live Q&As, which have been really good to read through. I've also been going through and doing the best of advice from the Q&As. There's been a lot of good careers advice there that um, I might have to use myself once I <laughs> once I leave here because you'll be looking for a job, won't you? Yeah, yeah. Need to need to get one of those soon. I was just happy to have my name on the website over the uh, <laughs> over the article. Show my friends. You got yourself a byline, did you? Yes. Excellent. 
Okay, so I'm dying to know what's made it and what's not. Let's hear it. To start us off at 10, one of London's leading art establishments is looking to hire an effective communicator in a copywriter role to join its marketing department. At 9, strong management and leadership abilities are needed for a head of digital communications role with a charity organisation. Responsibilities will include planning and implementing a range of corporate communications. An excellent international opportunity awaits at 8. The University of Waikato in New Zealand is looking for a new registrar. Number 7 is an operations director for Slow Food UK, a company which promotes the enjoyment and protection of locally produced food products and regional cooking. Quite a senior role this one, where the successful candidate would oversee a number of key areas of the company. In its six, the Estates Directorate of the Parliamentary Estate, which as the name suggests looks after parliamentary buildings such as the House of Commons, is looking for an assistant conservation architect to support the principal architect in conservation and design. Our number five is a graduate administrator role within a new company that is launching a global range of beauty products. Only six months previous admin experience needed for this one. Number four is a property manager position with West Yorkshire Countryside Properties, the right candidate will need good people and money management skills. A great opportunity at three for a freelance leather accessories designer at a central London-based company. Strong computer-aided design skills and Photoshop experience are required. This week's runner-up is a graduate production editor position working within an international book publishing company and it looks really interesting. And finally, this week's top of the jobs is a social worker position within a learning disabilities team in Dorset. They're looking to hire a qualified social worker ASAP, so get applying if that's you. Excellent, there's some good ones there. I particularly like, I think it was a number three, the leather designer, accessories designer. Yeah, number three. Quite fancy that's that. For me too. Yeah. Okay, so you can find out more information on these at guardianjobs.co.uk and remember, send us an email to careers at guardian.co.uk if you do apply for any of the top 10. Good luck and let us know how you get on. And so to pick the poster, Kerry, tell us who you've picked this week. I picked Bullied by Boss, who took part in one of our Q&As and was talking to them about an anonymous blog that they've created to help them cope with workplace bullying. Okay, gosh, horrible subject, really. Yeah, it's it's quite sad, but there's some inspiring advice in there. I'm a legal secretary, and I've been putting up with bullying for over a year. I'm not the only one, so when colleagues tried to prevent it happening to them, nothing seemed to work. So after spending a number of months feeling quite trapped, I hit upon the idea of recording what was happening in a blog called Bullied by the Boss. It is like therapy now until I can find another job. You try and understand the situation you're in, and I've, I've learned a lot from doing it. Tell me about the advice that you shared with people on the forum because you had some tips and techniques of how they can cope with their own situations, didn't you? I bought um, affirmation CDs. It sounds like corny, but I bought affirmation CDs so I could play them at night while I'm asleep and some American tells you how wonderful you are and of course you know in the day I have eight hours of someone telling me how how awful I am so it, it does kind of counteract it and I do find it makes a difference and then of course you know exercise is a huge one for you know combating depression but also just you know giving yourself a bit of a boost so those two things are probably the biggest, I think. So what's the next step for you? I mean, you said you're hoping to find new work. What are you doing about that and what would you like to do? I'm just looking for for um, anything that can tap into the creative talent. So if people are interested in the writing that I do on the website, um, you know, 
just get in contact through the website. I'm on Twitter on there, so um, yeah, that'd be brilliant. What was the first job you ever had? Working in a supermarket. My best friend sat opposite me and we did nothing but laugh at the supermarket music. We must have been so annoying. If you could have any job in the world, what would it be? I would write a column in a newspaper and, um, do you know, I'd love to write plays. The idea of seeing something you've written on stage is, is fantastic. Oh, interesting. What's mm. more important to you, salary or job satisfaction? Job satisfaction, definitely. If you won the lottery tomorrow, would you still go to work? If I won four numbers and a bonus ball, I probably wouldn't go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need the six, you know. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> if you ran away to join a circus, what job would you do for them? Trapeze, lion tamer, um, clown on a tricycle, shovel elephant poo. Just give me a call. Any circuses in the area? This is a new one I've not thought of. Okay, we've inspired you there, <laughs> yeah, have we? Yeah, definitely. Okay. What's been the proudest moment of your career? That would be definitely creating Bullied by the Boss. Okay. Let's move on to how you'd pitch yourself to a potential employer in 30 seconds. So when you're ready, off you go. Okay. I'm a highly creative writer trapped as a legal secretary and I'd give anything to stop typing someone else's thoughts for eight hours a day and have the opportunity to type my own. So please... Is that it? Yeah. I think you had a few seconds extra if you wanted to add something. No, that's all right. I'll I'll just keep it small. Okay. No, I think that was a a great pitch. It it had personality and it said a lot about you. That was Bullied by Boss talking to Kerry earlier today with some good advice, I think. What's happening next week, Kerry? Well, next week on February 19th, we're going to be talking about roots into photography. Finally, because hasn't that, hasn't, haven't we been trying to do that for the past three weeks? I was hoping you wouldn't notice. Oh. <laughs> but it's definitely coming next week. Yeah, definitely. No excuses. Excellent. I'm really looking 19th. forward to that. I know you say that every week. Every I'm week. just keeping you, I know. keeping you on. That little carrot. Okay, <laughs> thanks very much. That's all we have time for. All that's left is to thank our guests, Simon Fenton and Tom Bashkaya, Julian Lindley, Glenn Pawsey, poster Bullied by Boss, and of course, Kerry-Ann Eustace. Thank you. Thank you. Remember, you can find out more on everything we've talked about on careers.guardian.co.uk. Careers Talk was produced by Kate Taylor. I'm LJ Filtrani. Thanks for listening.